Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. Being prepared is just a value in life that you should put a lot of value in that in life, being prepared, because it will pay off. And the work that you do before will keep you from having to do more work in the moment. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady. Today, we have a very special guest in Cultivating Her Space, okay? She's beautiful, she's talented, she's athletic, she's super down to earth, but you might be a little jealous because, well, her husband is Damson Idris, okay? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, but it's she true. has... Stay away! <laughs> I'm just joking. Stay away! <laughs> I'm just joking, but she has... An amazing interview with Damson on her podcast, Maybe I'm Crazy, and you should definitely check it out. They both convinced me to start watching Snowfall, okay? So you got to check that out. Joy Taylor is a radio personality and TV host for Fox Sports One. Hailing from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, one of the best sports towns in the country, Joy has played basketball and volleyball and was recruited for soccer and track. Today, she's the news update anchor on The Herd with Colin Coward and was previously the moderator for Fox Sports One's studio show, Skip and Shannon, undisputed with commentators Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Joy, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Oh, thank you. That was such a nice intro. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. You're so welcome. Yes, we are so happy to have you with us today, and we are looking forward to this conversation. So we are going to jump in with our quote of the day, which will sound pretty familiar to you. It is, there's joy 
in Hard Work by Brian Flores, football coach. There it is. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Yes. So we know, Joy, that that is a quote that's important to you. So can you tell us a little bit about why you love that quote so much? Well, one, Brian Flores is a very principled man who has risen through the ranks in the NFL and is a black head football coach, which is extremely valuable in today's NFL. And he's done great work in Miami. But I also think the quote is important because a lot of times in life, especially now with social media, we kind of don't appreciate the process very much. And we start to get a little disillusioned about what success is and how to get it. And everything is kind of in a microwave society. And I came up through the ranks of the broadcasting business and have held pretty much every job (laughs) there is to have in the business. And I do think that hard work and, you know, dedicating yourself to your craft and being excellent at what you do has great value throughout your life and your career. And it will make reaching certain levels of success that much more valuable and you will appreciate them more when you do reach them, when you know what you've put in to get there. And you'll be ready for the opportunities that that you come across and that are offered to you. A lot of times we get into situations where we have opportunities, but we're not necessarily ready for those opportunities. And then we don't we don't get to capitalize on them. So I think enjoying the process, there's joy in hard work, you know, seeing things through, seeing your hard work pay off and what you've put in give back to you is is a great it's a great joy in life. Like it is, I, I'm trying to look for another word, but <laughs> it is. It 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 really makes reaching levels of success that much more valuable. That is such a good point. And Dr. Don, one of her favorite quotes, I don't know if you saw a smile, is trust the process. So when you're like, there's joy in the process, it, there, it truly is. We listened to some of your past interviews where you talked about how you started off as an intern and you learned how to do all aspects of the role so that let's say someone's out one day, you got this, like, you know how to hold it down. So when it comes to the misconceptions, some of the biggest misconceptions about being a woman in sports media, what would you say some of those are, Joy? Well, I think one, and I'll just speak from my experience being a a black woman in sports media, that process, that hard work makes you excellent because you have to be. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions about women and particularly black women in sports media is that you're just there because of what you look like. We've had a lot of conversations about that surrounding the business recently. And I can very much empathize to being treated not just by, you know, people at the top, but, and not just viewers, but also your peers being treated like you're only there because of what you look like. And that's not true. You're there because you're excellent because you wouldn't be in the room any other way. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, women are just hired because of what they look like. They're just a token hire. When in fact, in order to even be considered for that job, to get that job, You have to be so much further along than any man that would be considered for that job just to be in that position. So I I think that's the biggest misconception. That's the truth. That is so real. And, you know, speaking along those lines of our looks and how women are frequently judged and misjudged because of our looks, sometimes being a woman in sports media also comes along with there's part of what also happens from what I've been reading about is 
harassment and sexual harassment to be specific. And so can you talk to us a little bit about how you have navigated not getting into a situation around sexual harassment and supporting other women who have experienced such things as they're trying to navigate being in this male dominated arena? Well, I haven't navigated not experiencing sexual harassment, so I I can't say that I have experienced sexual harassment. I don't know any woman in the business who hasn't, which is an unfortunate reality of the business. Now, I obviously can't speak for all women, but I personally have every conversation that I have surrounding sexual harassment with anyone in the business, they have some sort of experience with it. And that is something that really needs to change. And I think a, a big factor in how to change that and how to support women in the business and not just the sports media business, but the media and entertainment business in general is, you know, if you look at the top of organizations and businesses, it's generally a lot of people that look the same, a lot of the same gender. And, you know, that trickles down through organizations. You need to have diversity at the top. You need to have people that you can go to, people that aren't going to sexually harass you in place to hold those people accountable and to create an environment of inclusion where women are not looked at, as I was just saying, as tokens or there because of what they look like, but are equal to the men in the same business space and time. So I'm very supportive of women in the business for multiple reasons. One, just knowing how hard it is to navigate, trying to get the same opportunities, trying to be viewed as equal, having to navigate sexual harassments, and age discrimination, you know, all these things, it's a whole culture that has to be removed from the business. But in order to do that, one, I think there needs to obviously be more women hired at every level behind the scenes in front of the camera and the executive level, but also, you know, more people need to be held accountable. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that sounds super tough. It just sounds like there are so many burdens that a woman has to wear in addition to you showing up to be your best self and to do the work and kind of sometimes like prove to them, like, y'all, I'm not just here because I'm cute or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, it's like all these other things that you have to wear. What would you say are some of the skills that contributed to your success in this male dominated sports industry? Well, you know, I get this question all the time, but mostly from men, which is how did you, you know, get into sports? Like why, when did you start liking sports? And I always think it's just a weird question because you would never ask a guy that question. Like, right. probably the same way you did. Did you watch it on TV? Did you have a favorite player? Did you play sports growing up? Because that's, that's the same thing that I did. I think particularly for my job, which is an opinion space job, you got to have opinions. You got to have a personality. You got to be a little fearless and, and be able to deal with a little bit of, you know, negative response to what you're saying, because everyone's not going to agree with you. I mean, we could pick a topic that three of us definitely don't all agree on and argue about it for hours if we find the right topic. So, you know, everybody has opinions about everything and being in the opinion space, you really have to lean into that. So I've always kind of been a big mouth personality. (laughs) So that, that kind of works for that space. But I also really, I like the stories of sports. I think that sports is a great microcosm of society, meaning that a lot of things that are happening out in the world that aren't necessarily sports stories the vaccine, COVID, politics, social issues, gender issues, economic issues, international issues, uh, everything 
ties into sports in some way because athletes are humans and they have families and they have wives and they have children and they have husbands and they have mothers and fathers and they're from different places in the world that have different political backgrounds and they come from different economic backgrounds. And these issues always sprout within sports. So I think sports is such a unique place and it and is so many times throughout history generated change for the world. So I just I think I have a unique outlook on sports and the value that it brings. And I wouldn't necessarily know if that's a skill, but I have tried to to sharpen those through, you know, being a good researcher, being good at interviews, you know, really digging into what the story behind the story is. Yes, I I think that that is really important, right? Because we are more than just one dimensional people. And if we're playing just because we are playing one particular sport doesn't mean that our life is centered only on that aspect. And that you're right, that so many other things come into play. And so one of those those things that comes into play is our behavior outside of our sport. So one person that we that we've talked about that Terry and I have talked about is Shikari Richardson. Right. And the controversy around her testing positive for marijuana use. Right. And and so what do you think is the solution to this overall issue around athletes being tested for marijuana use? Well, I think as with anything in life, we have to look at the origin of how we got here. I think a big problem, especially in American culture, is that we deny history. We don't want to talk about the bad stuff that happened because we're here now. So let's just forget that this happened. Let's just move forward. Everyone just let it go. We don't have to keep talking about it. Why do you guys want to keep on talking about it? Because what happened created this situation. And you have to know why it exists in order to truly change it. And when it comes to marijuana and a lot of the laws and a lot of the stigma and a lot of the ideas and misinformation that people have about marijuana as a whole is rooted in deep racism. That's a fact. That is not something I've made up. It is not a conspiracy. It is a certifiable fact that a racist white man created a false narrative around marijuana saying that it would cause white women to, to want black, black men, a whole entire list of nonsense, just pure racist rhetoric that was placed on marijuana, which has led to the incarceration, mostly of black people for marijuana related charges and the stigma that is around marijuana as a whole that still exists today. And that misinformation is not limited to just white people and to law enforcement. There's a whole idea of misinformation around marijuana. So that's the first thing that has to happen. Before we get to any kind of other policy change or anything else, everyone has to acknowledge we do not have the correct information about this substance. It It was created, the entire narrative, what we thought was facts and logic was lies from a racist evil man. A has to start there, number one. And until everyone can agree on that, we really can't move forward. It, it, and that applies to a lot of things in life. We were just talking about sexual harassment. 
until we can all agree, this is a problem. How can you fix it? Because you're still going to have a group of people who are saying this isn't, this isn't really a problem. This isn't really real. So that has to be number one. Once we establish that, then we can move on to the next step, which is decriminalizing it as a whole. That will happen whether A happens at all, because we know the amount of tax dollars that marijuana can bring into states because we've seen it. And let's be honest, a lot of a lot of government organizations and states have lost a lot of money due to COVID. So they're going to start legalizing gambling, legalizing marijuana. It's eventually going to be legal all over the country. That is inevitable, whether people like it or have some moral you know, resistance to it or not. That's happening, similar to the way that alcohol eventually became legal again around the country. So once those two things are true, and it's been decriminalized and it's been regulated, we now have to have the conversation of how do we how do we remove that also from sports? Sports, which has a very certifiable reputation for shoving very heavy <laughs> opioids and shots and all kinds of treatment that can have extreme long-term damage on athletes just to help them recover and just to help them get out there and perform. So I, there's the whole conversation about, oh, the Olympic Committee rules say that this and that, like, we're the United States of America. All right. We're the, let's, be, let's be real about this. We bully and do whatever we want. So if it's legal here in the States, and that's just what it is, and we allow our athletes to do that. By the way, it's legal in many countries around the world, and some places you can't drink, okay? And they, they don't test our athletes for alcohol in their system, not while they're competing, of course, but like, you're allowed to drink as an Olympic athlete. Why would you not be allowed to use marijuana, especially where Shakari did, where it was legal? So, you know, the first reaction I saw to Shakari was like, well, you know, obviously, first of all, she knew what the conse- consequences were. Yes. She was also in a moment of extreme grief, which everyone seemed to just gloss over that this young woman just lost her mother in a very stressful situation. U.S. trials are incredibly stressful. We saw Simone Biles remove herself from competition just yesterday. It was just this morning because of stress. These are stressful situations. <laughs> you train for this your entire life. You put in hours and hours and hours of work for really like 10 seconds of performance. That is a lot of stress. And you can say whatever you want about, oh, like this is what they're supposed to do or whatever. Like, I I really don't care if you've never been in that situation to understand the level of stress. Like, forgive me. I don't care about your opinion. Like, you don't have that kind of stress in your life to judge what they're going through as athletes, which is why I will give them that grace. So look, do I have any personal objection to marijuana? No, none whatsoever. Are there consequences to her doing that? Yes, that's the rules. But also sometimes in life, things happen and she has to suffer the consequences of those rules because they're in place. But now we can, as a group, acknowledge several things. One, those rules are in place because a racist, evil man created a false, incorrect, not factual stigma around marijuana, which has cost many people, many people, years and years of their life due to incarceration. And all kinds of other ripple effect layers to the use of marijuana and the stigma surrounding it. People getting kicked out of school, people being kicked out of their homes. I can go on and on about it. So let's, one, that's something that we should all learn and educate yourself on. Two, it's going to be legal everywhere. So we need to start having real conversations about it and realizing that she did not commit a crime. She did not commit a crime. It was legal where she consumed it. 
And lastly, it's time to change the rules when it comes to athletes using marijuana because it is a way for athletes to relieve stress. It is less damaging than some of the pills and treatments that they are receiving for that and other you know, health-related items. And also, if they just want to use it to feel good for, for just recreational purposes, it's legal and it will be legal and it should be decriminalized completely. So, Joy, this is a topic that you're not passionate about this topic. By any means, are you? (laughs) Not at all. The reason I say that is because on your Instagram, you had a video about Shakari when the news was released and you went in. Okay, like y'all have to go to Joy's Instagram and check out the video. You went in and I want to know, you know, today you, you strike me as a very confident, you know, you're secure woman. Of course, we all have our moments as human beings, but like overall confident woman, you have your own opinion. You're also on TV daily, right? And you're sharing your opinions. Was there ever a time where you were I want to say phased by the critiques of the public when you shared these opinions and how did you deal with that? Because you are a public figure, people see you, so you're often a target. So how do you cope with that? At least in the beginning when you, when it was like tough, if it ever was, you know, I wasn't always as confident sharing my opinion and I wasn't always as confident about how it was going to be received, but I, you know, I went to Barry University and I had the privilege of studying under professors who had had years and years and years of experience in the business. And they really emphasized the value of prep and the value of being able to write. And those are very fundamental things. You know, you should research what you're talking about and you should be able to communicate what it is that you've researched. And, you know, when you're in college or a young person, you, you really just kind of want to do things and you just, you know, you don't want to trust the process. You don't want to put the hard work in because you don't think you need to because you have this blind confidence until you say something that isn't factual and someone checks you or you run into a situation where someone asks you a question. And you don't really know the answer. So I think one thing that really, really helps me with my confidence in the business is being prepared. People ask me all the time if I get nervous when I go on TV and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not nervous. One, I mean, like I'm used to being on TV and I want to be on TV. So being actually on TV doesn't make me nervous. I understand some people would feel nervous being on TV, but if you're in this business, you're past that. They're like, do you feel nervous about what you have to say? And the answer is no, because I know, I know this, this is, this is what I've studied. This is what I, this is what I do. And I don't know every answer to every single thing. Nobody does. We do a two hour prep call before every single show every day. Every show that I'm on has a meeting before the show. And then we meet with our researchers and we meet with our producers and then we go over notes and then we compare notes and then we take notes out and then we change things. Nobody's just walking in and talking. So, you know, when you feel confident is when you are prepared. And I think that's like with anything in life. If you go to a job interview and you don't know anything about the company and you don't really know what the job is about and you don't know who it is you're meeting with and you've done no research, you should be nervous. You're probably going to do very badly in that in that interview. Exactly. So, so you should be nervous. If you're going to meet with you know, your girlfriend's parents for the first time and you've never listened to a word she said about her family and you don't know their names and you don't know where they're from and you don't know anything about them and you're walking in there, you should be nervous. You're You're probably not going to come off very well. So being prepared is just a value in life that you should put a lot of value in that in life, being prepared, because it will pay off. And the work that you do before will keep you from having to do more work in the moment. I love that. 
I love that too. Yes. I, yes. I'm, I was sitting over here like, yes, I, the job interview example, I was like, I hope my students hear that. You know? <laughs> and, and I've been in that situation before. I've been in a situation where I've been like meeting with people that I didn't really know who I was talking to. And I mean, it, luckily it worked out, but it was a very good lesson for me that like, listen, if you're going in to meet with someone, you should know where they're from. You should know their name. You should know what you're meeting with them about because you don't want to be in that situation, in that job interview, in that meeting, on that show, in that moment, unprepared and scrambling. Like that's, it's the same thing as studying. Like we've always, yes. we've all crammed for tests, right? Yeah. And professors tell you like, study, take some time, study it because yep. when you're cramming it. Then you come in and you're nervous because you don't really know it. You've right. just crammed it. You haven't committed it to memory. You haven't studied it. You haven't researched it. You've just... Okay, I think I'm good. I did an hour of studying last night for you know this midterm that's three hours long. Like, yes, you're probably not going to do well unless you're a genius, and even geniuses can only rely on that for so for so long. Exactly, exactly. I love it, and so I'm assuming then that a lot of preparation goes into your podcast. Maybe I'm crazy. Can you tell us? What inspired you to create this podcast? Well, when I came to FS1, I was leaving Miami where I did a a four-hour morning drive radio sports talk show. And I came to FS1, we hadn't launched a show yet. So I was here in LA, I was like obviously being paid, but I wasn't actually working on a show yet because it was still developing. And then Skip came and they launched Undisputed. So they wanted me to be the moderator of the show, which was a great opportunity opportunity for me to work with Skip and Shannon and launch this new show on the network. But I knew it would be limited space for me to express my opinion and to talk. And that's what I moved across the country and joined the network to do. And that's what I was leaving in Miami. So I needed to create a platform where I could still give my opinion, where I could still talk about topics that we wouldn't necessarily talk about on Undisputed that were valuable to me and to the culture. And I wanted to have that space to do that. So that's really why we made the podcast. Super dope. I love that too, because I think sometimes in life, we think that we're just waiting for an opportunity for like to come to us. And you're like, oh, okay, I had this great opportunity here, but I really want to showcase my voice and my opinion. So I'm going to create something versus complaining. So I think that's amazing. I do want to shout out Joy that you know, we both went to Pennsylvania State School. So I just got to call out IUP in Kutztown because I'm a Kutztown girl. Oh, wow. Yeah, IUP okay. girl. So I had to call <laughs> that out. And I was not a college athlete, however. And I know you were recruited for track. So I want to know what are some of the most exciting parts about the name, image, and likeness era? And what are your overall thoughts on that in general? I think it's great. I think it's actually a, a wonderful compromise to the idea of paying college athletes, which logistically, while I support everyone making money, logistically, there's not a sustainable platform to do that, which that would, you know, be equal for men and women. It would be equal for different sports because most of these college athletic programs are supported through the revenue made from football teams. There are a few schools where the basketball team will bring in more than the football team, but in general, overwhelmingly, it's the football teams and bigger sports that bring in the most revenue for these athletic programs. So it could get very weird in how you're going to, who makes, how much do you pay the lacrosse team? How much do you play the swimming team? How much do you play the women's basketball team? How much do you pay the football team? It's like, okay, there's like, there's a reason that amateur sports exists and I'm okay with that. However, 
I always had a major issue with the idea that athletes wouldn't be able to make money off of their own name. And this goes back decades and decades. I mean, why can't a star quarterback go to a sports memorabilia shop and do an hour signing autographs? How does that hurt you? What, what, what is, who's losing there? Nobody. <laughs> the kid is making money. They're, those, those sports memorabilia people are making money. That, that's, a, that's a capitalist exchange. Like everyone's always talking about oh, communism, capitalism. That's capitalism. Like being able to make money off of yourself. That's what America is. And for that matter, if you're not an athlete, you can do that. So if you're there on a music scholarship, you can still go make money. If you're there on an academic scholarship, you can still go make money. Athletes are the only students who are not allowed to make money while they're at school. Meanwhile, they're the ones bringing in all the money to the school. <laughs> so not all the money, but you know, a majority of the money for these huge facilities and branding and, and getting students to come because they want to enjoy you know, watching LSU play football or watching Florida play football, but they are the only ones, the athletes who can't make money. So I think it's, I think it's well overdue. I do think though, social media was the catalyst for this change because you're seeing athletes and everyone really have the ability to make money off of their social media. And the influencer marketing space has taken over the advertising world. And how are you going to tell some volleyball player she can't make money from Fashion Nova? Okay. How, how are you going to do that? You know, and, and, and why would you put her in a situation where she'd have to choose between her athletic career and making money while she's in college from this company? Why, should, why would they have to choose? So I think that the internet kind of sped this up and, you know, society sort of met the NCAA like face to face, like, okay you guys are actually not even making sense anymore. Like this is, this no longer makes sense. Not that it ever did, but now, especially this no longer makes sense. So I think it's great. I think it's great for the student athletes. I think it's great for the programs. I think it's great for everyone in college sports because now all as it it removes the, uh, well, it doesn't remove, but it definitely lessens the influence that bigger schools have because there's always been cheating going on. We all know that. It's just, what are you going to do? Like, how, how do you enforce it? And then it becomes even sketchier because you got to go through all these different channels to get these kids money. Now it's like, look, just pay them. And if I go to this school, I have this company, this plumbing company that wants to, you know, give this kid $10,000 to wear their shirts. Who cares? You know, it doesn't have to be at a big school. It doesn't have to be at a power five conference school. So I think it opens the doors up for everybody. It makes sense, which is really at the end of the day, just make it make sense. I mean, that's like, I just, it's my mantra in the morning. Just make it make sense. And so it does make sense. And I think the panic around it is really unnecessary. Anytime there's a big major change in anything in society, half the people are going to freak out. And then over time, 98% of them are going to come to the other side and there'll still be two people who are grumpy about it for the rest of their lives. And what are you going to do about it? Like, this is just the world. Change is inevitable. It's the right thing. And I also think that it gives student athletes the opportunity to start managing money and income and their finances and building towards their future at a younger age. So their financial literacy levels will go up as well. You will start learning about the stock market earlier. You'll start learning about investments earlier. You will start learning about buying property and real estate earlier, financial management earlier. And I think in the long term, that will lead to a more balanced 
society and uh, better financial literacy for everyone. That is such a good point. Make it make sense and let these students get their coin. Come on. Yes. Okay. So Joe, we're bringing the interview to a close, but before we do that, we want to shift up the energy of this conversation. Okay. So we recognize and appreciate the multifaceted woman and we celebrate her and we believe that it's okay to be classy and it's okay to be ratchet. You can still be elegant and dance to strip club (laughs) music. Okay. So joy, get ready, get ready. We want to invite you to the OU Clatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? I do. Let's do it. Yes. No hesitation. I love it. I love it. Okay. Now that you've agreed, we just want to tell you really quickly what to expect. Okay, so we're going to ask you three questions or maybe more, depending on how you answer. We're going to have you finish three sentences and then we're going to show you a photo that you have not seen or that you're not ready for from your Instagram. And we're going to ask you some (laughs) questions about it. Okay. (laughs) All right, Dom, you want to take it over? Yes. All right. So first question, what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Oh, I love this question. So after college, kind of similar to how a lot of students today are dealing with the effects of COVID coming out of college, looking for jobs. I ran into a similar situation in the business where there was a big hiring freeze when I graduated from college. So I had all my eggs in one basket for this job. I didn't get it. It kind of sent me into the spiral. I was like in and out of the business for like a year and a half. And I was in a really bad situation. I was sleeping on my friend's couch. I didn't have a job. It was like, all bad. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's extremely successful and I'm complaining to him about it and like going on and on. And he kind of sought me and asked me a question that really changed my life. He said, how, what is it something that you want for yourself in the next three years? It can be a job. It can be a car, a house, a man, like whatever. What is it something that you want for yourself? Like what's a goal of yours in the next three years? And it's a very specific time frame too. And I said, I want to be full-time on air radio or TV in the next three years. It's great. How much of your energy are you putting towards making that happen? And I thought about the question and I thought about the word he used. And I said, uh, maybe 10%, you know, I don't have a job, so I can't pay any of my bills. I don't have a place to live. I'm sleeping on my friend's couch. Like everyone's mad at me right now. I'm in a really bad headspace. Like it, I don't know what I'm going to do with my career. So no, not a lot of energy, maybe 10%. And he said, okay, so why are you surprised that it's not happening for you? And maybe it was the moment that I was in. Maybe it was everything that had happened or how he said it to me, or I was just, you know, the universe that opens me up to taking advice, which is a moment that I think we all have as adults. You know, we think we know everything and then we realize we don't. And it's so much easier to just ask people that we trust who have been through it for advice and actually take it. And It really changed my perspective on everything in life. If you want something, you have to put 100% of your energy into it. And energy is the word. It's not just time. It's not just money. It's energy. Everything that you do has to be directed towards this goal. And sports are a great example of that. If you want to be a champion, there's some stuff you have to do. There are things you have to sacrifice. You can't go out every night. You can't hang out with certain people. You got to be in the gym early. You can't get that extra sleep. You can't eat that sandwich. You got to eat the salad. There's things you have to do. You have to put your energy into that goal. And from that point forward, I just got on the right track. And anything that I want to do or anything I want to accomplish, I put 100% of my energy into. And I can't stress enough how much that matters if you really want to be successful. 
That is a beautiful piece of wisdom. I love it. And I think it's going to inspire many people that are listening. Now I have four, four words for you. Twerk or two-step. What you doing, Joy? <laughs> you know, I'm not the best dancer. So I would, but so I would say twerk because you okay. don't really have, you know, you can, you can have your own version of twerking. Exactly. But yeah. we struggle with the rhythm too. So it's okay. Some, yeah, it's some okay. black girls, we struggle with the rhythm and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not the best dancer. <laughs> I was right. an athlete. I was never in dance growing up and I did not have natural rhythm. So <laughs> it's no okay. way I'm the, I'm the drunk auntie at the party anyways. So ain't nobody paying attention to me. <laughs> We sound like we could hang. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. So the next question. Now, Joy, we've heard that you may or may not be the queen of petty. What's the pettiest thing that you've done to teach someone a lesson? Oh, I have to think about that. I don't know. I have to really think about it. I'm just a pretty generally a, pet, a petty person. I don't like to hold grudges. Like I don't. I'm a Capricorn, so when I'm done with something, I'm done with it. Just, I'm sorry, I've exhausted all of my efforts, so I can't go back. But I, I definitely am like a blocker and a muter, and I, I like I will just remove you from my entire life and never, yeah, just poof, be gone. I was just thinking, poof, be yeah. gone. Poof, be gone. <laughs> I'm a big poof, be gone person. So I don't know. I can think of like a specific story, but. Yeah, I got that nickname on Undisputed, actually. Shannon gave that to me because Skip and I would always talk about LeBron and I was salty that LeBron left the heat. But I got over it. But yeah, so that's that's where that came from. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love it. Okay, so now we have the sentence completions for you. How would you finish the sentence? One question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is... Just my opinion. Like, I think people ask specific questions to women all the time and then they'll ask God like I'll notice they'll ask a guy this like oh like what do you think about you know this topic but then they'll ask me like oh so like you know how'd you get in the business so I wish that they would I wish people would ask me about what it is I think rather than how did I get here more often like when I like sometimes and obviously like I love talking about the journey and all that but when I ha- I'll do like specific sports shows and they're like, oh, like we want to talk about like your your experience in, in the sports world. Like you wouldn't ask Colin to do that. You would, you would want to know what he thought about, you know, the topics that are going on in sports today. So right. I wish people would ask my opinion more. All right. Listen up, y'all. If you're interviewing Joy. <laughs> yes. Yes. And if there's any opinions that you haven't expressed with us today that you want to <laughs> share, come right on. We are ready. We are listening. We are a captive audience. I will say we support Simone Biles. We support you. You are the yes. GOAT. No amounts of stress or mental health issues or any of that changes what you've accomplished we still love you and we're still supporting you through the rest of the olympics and beyond nothing's changed yes yes period all right the most embarrassing thing you've ever done to get a crush's attention is maybe like go through and like periodically like their pictures on instagram and is then, it the pictures from like three years ago? Not, no, not that okay, far back. Okay, okay. I mean, we, we're still looking, but we're just, okay. we're scrolling a little softer so we don't double tap. Yeah. I'm sure I've done something more embarrassing, but yeah, I mean, it's so, it's so much, I don't know, say easier, but like you can be so much more strategic about getting a, a crush's attention now because 
of social media. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just that's pretty embarrassing to like <laughs> be like, oh, like, I'm gonna like this, and, like comment some weird thing, and then like I like send them a meme, like oh, like maybe you'll think I'm funny or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. We Is support that. Cute? I think yeah. so. I'm also, I'm also cheesy, so don't don't take my yeah. Advice. I'm very I'm bad at all this. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. And now our last sentence completion for you is what do you love most about yourself or what I love most about myself is what I love most about myself is I have really learned how to forgive myself, which is something that I struggled with for a long time. I'd be really hard on myself for mistakes and not like take the time to process it and allow other people to take advantage of me being in a vulnerable space because I haven't forgiven myself. So I think at this point in my life, being the woman that I am, you know, we all struggle with confidence. We all struggle with, you know, being hard on ourselves, hating our bodies, making decisions and then feeling bad about them, especially when it comes to, you know, dating and and things like that. And I really struggled with that for a long time because I have high expectations of myself, but I also you know, you get into moments where you're emotional or you've made decisions and you trust people and they betray you or all these things happen. And we tend to be really like, what did we do? What is, what did I do? And I do think that's that accountability and self-awareness are very important. Nothing is, you know, that simple. There's always some nuance. I could have done this better. I could be better here. I need to be better at communicating. I need to be more, you know, transparent or less transparent. You know, I do think that you should always be evolving, but I really struggled with being really hard on myself for decisions for a long time. And I love that now I can, you know, talk to my therapist about it. I can look at why I made that decision. I can evaluate, you know, how I can either stop doing that moving forward or why is it that I did that and what do I need to heal so that I don't do that moving forward or, you know, just accept it for the experience and learn from it. And now it's just a memory and a story that you have. And it's part of the fabric of your, you know, your journey. So I love that I have, I've learned and developed that skill to be able to make decisions and feel confident about it. If it is a mistake, learn from it and just never stop trying to heal yourself and never stop trying to grow and understanding that change is an inevitable part of life. So how you adapt to change, how you embrace change, how you embrace change on your body as a woman, your mentality as a woman, you know, decisions you made in college, you might not be making now. Why did you make them then? It's okay. And you don't have to hold yourself to anyone else's standards or anyone else's expectations or anyone else's idea of you. Other people's idea of you is not your responsibility. So at the end of the day, you're the one who looks yourself in the mirror. You're the one that talks to God. You're the one that has to live with your decisions and who you are. And you don't actually have to explain yourself to anyone. And I think that's a that's a lifelong journey that everyone goes through. But I think particularly with women, with the pressures that we have, you know, physically, emotionally, societal pressures, expectations of what we're supposed to look like and think like and talk like and be like and date like and just let it all go. None of it matters. At the end of the day, what do you think about yourself and what do the people that love you feel about you and where you are on your journey and how you're treating them is the most important. That's so beautiful. I love all of that. Like, lady, you might have to press pause and rewind and listen (laughs) to that response one more time, maybe twice, just to make sure you soak it all up. 
So George is preaching on it, preaching yes. on Tuesday or Friday, wherever, whenever we air. This is you know, this is so I'm beautiful. The sisterhood, you know, yes. we have to support each other. Yes. yes. Okay. So speaking of sisterhood, our last sort of activity for you is we want to share a picture. And I was trying, to, we we chose three. I was trying to debate which one we're going to show you. But how about you just pick a number and then we'll just go to whatever oh, okay. one. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Number two. So number two. Is oh, okay. This photo right oh, here. Oh, oh. Tell us about, and if you're tuning in, you got to go to Patreon to get the video so you can see Joy talk about this photo. Joy, tell us what's something we wouldn't know about this photo just by looking at it. So this is from He Got Game, the movie. This is Denzel's character from He Got Game. And I love Halloween. Halloween is my favorite holiday. So I always go all in on my podcast, as you can see. For some reason, I'm always dressed as a man. I don't know. <laughs> I was Al Pacino's character from Any Given Sunday the year before. And then the year before that, I was Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, so yes. I don't know. I always dress like a guy. But yeah, so I am Jake Shuttlesworth from He Got Game here. And I, so I always do that character. I always do like a funny character. Yes. And then I'll do like the sexy one when I go out. So, so yeah. So this is what it was. This is a podcast. And I actually... I did the interview on this day with LeVar Arrington, who I, who I was filling in with on Speak for Yourself today. And he had no idea what was going on. And he just came into the podcast and was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what, what's going on? But yeah, so that's what it is. So I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. Yes. And I always, always try to go all in and get a good, funny sports character or like television character. For the yes. podcast is relevant, and then I'll do a I'll do a sexy costume. Yes, we we love it, and we look forward to seeing who you will be this Halloween. Yes. So, Joy, we want to thank you so much for your time, energy, and expertise, and all the amazing gems that you shared with us today. Where can people find you on social media? You can follow me on Joy at, at Joy Taylor Talks on Instagram and Twitter. I don't really use Snapchat, but I'm on there if you want to follow. And TikTok, which I will one day figure out how to use properly. And then you can watch the show, The Herd, weekdays, noon to three on FS1. We are retooling the podcast. So we'll have a relaunch soon for that. And then when football season starts, I have a lot of things going on. So you can always check out my website or again, follow me on social media for things to look out for. Yay. We love it. Thank you so much, Joy. And we just want to tell you that we have an audience of black women across the globe, and we hope that you kind of get our vibe of yes. how we do the podcast, what our mission is. And so we'd love to know based on your experience today, who would you recommend us interview next? And would you be open to making an introduction? Someone Ooh. that you're like, you know what? They will be perfect for this show. Well, my, my best friend, MJ Acosta, we went to college together. She lives in Los Angeles now. She is the first Afro-Latina woman to host a show at NFL Network. And okay. she is also currently covering the Olympics right now for NBC. So on her turf, she is she's hosting that for NBC along with her show NFL Total Access on NFL Network. And she is an amazing story and an amazing woman. And I would be happy to make the introduction. Yes. yes! Thank you so Thank much, you. Joy. We love it. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome, Joy. Yes. Hey, lady. 
It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Greatness is my birthright, so I no longer ask for permission.